0: Bridging your Catholic faith with your everyday life. You're listening to Trending with Timmery on Relevant Radio. It's marriage hour today on Trending, and we are talking everything dating. It's a fun topic, everything from if you are interested in speed dating, have you tried it? Is it beneficial? If so, if you're interested, that is. Joining me today is a professional matchmaker. She's going to give her take on speed dating, and how you can go about it if this is something you have enjoyed and tried out or would like to try out. Also in other news, Taylor Swift has a new bow, and we're going to talk about something intriguing on this topic and that is she's not exactly dating her usual type. So celebrity royal professional matchmaker Christina Pineda is here with me and she's going to share why it's important to be open to dating someone who quote isn't your type. And I think this is key from a Catholic perspective in dating as well. Are we prioritizing the right things when we are looking for a spouse? So if you have any dating and relationship questions, Christina Pineda from Matchmakers in the City is the person to talk to. She's joining us today and we're going to talk a little later on about the two-parent advantage. What happens when two parents raise children? This is important to the entire dating conversation. A lot of people think that children are resilient, doesn't matter if you get divorced, it's normal today to come from a different type of home with different type of family makeup, so kids are fine, but actually the social sciences don't point to that, and I think this is important if you are in that dating season, to have a healthy mindset that is formed in your Catholic faith. And truly backed up with sound scientific research, social science, in terms of what does and doesn't work for a family. You're listening to Trending with Timmery here on Relevant Radio. Joining me now is professional matchmaker, Christina Pineda. Christina, you recently went to your first speed dating event, not as an attendee because you're married, but I'm interested to hear your thoughts on speed dating since you're a professional matchmaker. And is this something that you have ever encouraged people to do in the past?
1: Hi, Timory, So good to be with you, as always. And yes, this was quite a new and different experience for me, but they asked me, the National Catholic Singles group asked me to speak at the event, and I wasn't going to turn it down. But I was just so impressed by the quality of the event and the caliber of the men and women who went there. I never would encourage people in the past To go to speed dating. I never went when I was single. I just felt for myself that it would be very awkward and that there would be mostly very just, I guess, people who I wouldn't be interested in dating there. But from seeing who actually went to this event, there were 60 people, 30 men and 30 women. There was a wait list. It was an incredible event and just so filled with the Holy Spirit of people who were good-hearted, wanting to meet the right person. Everyone was excited and and just engaging, enthusiastic about being there. So I would definitely now encourage people to go to a Catholic speed dating event, especially the one by the Nashville Catholic Singles.
0: That's excellent. So what tips would you give to someone if they're going to go to a speed dating event, apart from having fun with it? Because I think that's key, like taking some of the pressure off What do you recommend for coming out with a win? Is that the perspective to have? What do you say?
1: Right, right. So I first want to address some of the common problems that can be associated with speed dating. And one of them is that people can have expectations for a connection that are too high. And they can go in thinking that unless I meet someone who I really am on fire for, that was a failed night which is the wrong perspective to have, because number one, lukewarm dates actually can lead to marriage. And this is a lukewarm seven minutes. This isn't even a date. That's why even if you're not really excited about the time that you've spent with any of the people at the event, you never know where those relationships could lead. Sometimes people don't get matches from speed dating. And that's okay. Almost everyone has his or her name written down at least once, but you might not match with the person who you wanted to match with. So I think some people will walk away from a speed dating after they've seen the results thinking, no one put my name down. I didn't get any matches. But that's usually not true. It's usually it's just your who you chose didn't choose you. And mm-hmm. in general, back to my first point, love at first sight happens but it's less common, and I don't know if it's a love at first sight. We've talked about this on the show. It's more attraction at first sight <laughs> happens, and actual marriages that come from that are more rare than people who have. Oh, that was that was kind of boring, but maybe I'll see where this goes. That's more much more commonly leads to marriage.
0: So it sounds like you're really kind of encouraging that easing of the pressure when it comes to speed dating. Have fun, enjoy it, be open as an opportunity. it sounds like you learned a lesson in that you had an assumption when you were single that you wouldn't do it. You didn't think the type of person would show up to a Catholic single speed dating event, but you were pleasantly surprised by the quality of candidates, I guess you could say.
1: Definitely. And now I have a few how to succeed tips.
0: Great, and like you said,
1: it's be encouraging. That's what the people were were at this event. Show interest with your words. You can tell someone that you'd love to talk to him or her more, and will write his or her name down. That's a great way to get a match from the event and be very open because so often women at the event, actually, even at this event, even after I gave a little speech, came up to me and said, "I don't want to seem like I'm too interested." But unless you are, if you say being too forward, an example of something that you could say that was too forward is saying that you want to marry the person. That is way too forward. (laughs) But other than that, you can't really say too much else that might be, I mean, there are other things you could say that would be bad, but you want to show encouragement. (laughs) You want the person to know that you're interested. Otherwise, you don't. You don't need to play hard to get with your words like that. You want them to know that. Oh yeah, especially for men, they need to know if they ask you out that you'll say yes. So giving them that. Oh yeah, I really enjoyed this. I, I'm going to write your name down. But you're not giving them in your number. You're not going too far if you do that.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's good. I like that idea. Act interested with your words, like actually show interest by how you're communicating everything from body language to words matter. And the likelihood is is that people are probably pretty nervous going to a speed dating event or so excited that maybe it makes them a little anxious. So how we can communicate can actually ease the situation to get to know someone better. Right?
1: Absolutely. And that also goes into my next tip to succeed, which is to be nice even if you're not attracted to the person that that's a hard one, especially for women. I see this all the time that the minute they get approached by a guy who they don't find attractive, they just shut down and they're just not nice. But even in, even in Nashville, not, I'm not even talking about the LA bars, but use this opportunity to work on your sainthood and also to work on your conversation skills and your dating skills, especially if you're not attracted to the person, great. You can feel more, just more at ease doing talking to someone new. I want to use the the example of Mother Teresa, who would make every person who she met feel like the only person in the mm-hmm. world. And that is so important to remember when you're dating. And it's not too forward. It's not too much. It's making the person feel loved in a healthy and respected in a healthy way.
0: You brought up the love bomb when you're talking about speed dating. Can you kind of give a nuance for people who are maybe going, Hey, that's an intense word to use when you're just talking about speed dating and how you apply that Catholic principle there?
1: So, what are the word love bomb, Timory?
0: Yeah, because you mentioned, like, make that person feel loved when you're there talking to them, but you're just on a speed date. And so there might be kind of a confusion. What do you mean by that?
1: (laughs) Okay. I thought you were talking about love bombing, which is a totally other thing. (laughs) Don't do that. Don't do that. Okay. (laughs) There you go. Don't do that. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Every, we're supposed to love everyone. And that means we're wanting the good of every single person. Any person who you're meeting you want to make them feel special in a good way. You don't need to tell this person if you're not interested in talking more. Don't say that. But at least make the person feel that you're interested in getting to know who he or she is, what he or she is passionate about, those things. You don't have to turn off your Catholicness because you're not attracted to someone. That's not a good way to go about it.
0: Mm -hmm. And there is a bad habit in the I would say Catholic dating world where women suddenly treat men like stalkers if they're not interested in them or if they were interested in them and then they change their mind. Suddenly again, there's that attitude of you're a stalker because you're continuing to pursue. Don't do that ladies. And I get it. Mm. Some men go too far, but I think that's a really great tip for women to be nice in the speed dating scene. Okay. Do you have any other tips for speed dating? And if not, how would you recommend people maybe look into speed dating?
1: Yes. This, okay, I just targeted women in my last one. Now I'm going to target men. Men, refrain from being too fixed on the end goal of finding your wife and enjoy your conversations with every woman. As Timree mentioned, sometimes women will treat a guy like a stalker if she's not interested in him. But there's also the other side of it where a lot of these women might be getting bombarded by a lot of guys coming up to her and just feel overwhelmed by that. And that's why I'm saying, please don't just flock to who you think is the prettiest girl in the room. That was one of the problems that I actually spoke with the leaders of the the organizers of this event. And that's something that they wanted to avoid happening. And that did avoid, we did successfully avoid that happening this event, but that can happen in speed dating events.
0: Great. So gentlemen, don't go running to the woman you think is the eye candy for the night. Instead, take a second. How did you actually prevent this from happening at the speed dating event as a tip for maybe anyone who goes in the future?
1: We called it out. We called it out in the beginning. (laughs) So they knew what not to do. And men are good at taking directions, especially these men.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And so a question came, what if I sound too interested by being nice and give the woman the wrong idea?
1: Mm, you're not leading her on. If you're nice and kind, that's just treating her as a lady. That's, you're treating her like a lady. If then she starts pursuing you, then you can just politely say, I had a great time talking to you. I'm just going going to go and get a drink. Have a, have a lovely evening. You can easily turn it of, okay, he's not interested in me. And then if she asks something even more forward, you can say, you know, I'm not, I'm not interested in pursuing you in a romantic way, but you're so, I had a great time talking to you.
0: These are great tips for speed dating. Do you know good ways to look into speed dating events? I know that some Catholic dioceses put these on young adult events. Do you have any other tips for checking out speed dating? Yeah,
1: I would, I'm not, I've never been to a non-Catholic speed dating event. So I'm not sure how those would be run. But if someone wants to just, try it out and be the guinea pig and go for it, then you can. Just know that it will be, there will be a lot less that you might have in common with the people who you're meeting at that speed dating event. So I would definitely look up, you can go on Instagram and search hashtags for Catholic speed dating or Catholic dating, and also look at all the churches in your area, see what kind of young adult groups they have or adult groups what kind of events are going on and yeah, just be an investigator, be your own matchmaker in that way. And I just think that with speed dating with, it's such a great opportunity to meet Catholics from other parishes, regardless of if you meet your future spouse. And if you feel the Holy spirit calling you to do one of the events, do it and then try to figure out why and enjoy yourself. You may make friendships, You can deepen your relationship with God, and you can definitely work on your sainthood. (laughs) So go for it and let it be less of a pressure event for you and more of, oh, I'm going to practice my dating skills.
0: Excellent. I love that. And the worst case, you had a nice time and maybe helped to give someone else a nice time as well. And I think that's great. I have a handful of friends that went recently to a Catholic speed dating event, and they said they had a blast. Nothing came of it, but they had a blast. And again, that's different for everyone. And I think that's part of putting yourself out there, opening those opportunities, practicing those social skills that are so key. Joining me today on Trending is professional matchmaker Christina Pineda. We're going to come back talking about Taylor Swift and Travis Kels. Have you heard the news? They are officially a thing and kelsey's parents even were watching the recent football game with her he if you don't know he's an nfl player for the kansas city chiefs he's a tight end and i am intrigued by this because Christina's is going to give us some tips on why you should date against your type so don't just go with a person you are always interested in this is what happened with taylor and it might just be paradise for kelsey and swift we'll be right back here on trending Oh, what's trending? Bridging your Catholic faith with your everyday life. You're listening to Trending with Timory on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Welcome back. It's a marriage hour today on Trending and we are talking about the I want to be married topic today and that is dating and relationships. If you missed the conversation with professional matchmaker Christina Pineda, she just gave sound tips for speed dating if you've ever tried it. I have not, but it sounds like a lot of fun. It's one of those things I'm not actually interested in speed dating, but I'd love to go and either observe or it would be funny. I wonder if people ever go just for the fun of trying it out, pretend like they're not married. I'm not saying I'm going to do this, but it just sounds like fun. Uh, so go try it out. I think that sometimes we're more willing and open to try new things with regard to dating in hindsight. So don't let that be a regret for you. Joining me now is celebrity and royal matchmaker Christina Pineda. Christina, so news is all over the place. After the tour of Taylor Swift, she is back out on the store. In fact, it's kind of funny. My sister was commenting that she really wanted she's married with kids she's like am i crazy to want to spend eight hundred dollars on a taylor swift ticket and we were all laughing at her in the family because as a bunch of other family members and friends went to a taylor swift concert which i don't know if they spent that much on tickets that's that's incredibly uh, expensive i can't believe they're so pricey Uh, but the news has come out that this tour has also led to a new romance now I think a lot of men know to avoid Taylor Swift because you just might end up in one of her songs, but Travis Kelsey is not one of them. You may know him as a tight end for the Kansas City Chiefs. That's football for those who don't play or watch football. Tell me about what's going on, Christina, and why this is actually a good example to challenge people who are dating to be open to other types of relationships.
1: Yes, Taylor's normal type is not a football player. She has had a lot of boyfriends, and she usually goes for the artists, the brooding musicians, the actors. Mm. (laughs) Some of the examples all seem to be a similar type. For instance, Joe Alwyn, Joe Jonas, Harry Styles, John Mayer, Calvin Harris. And with Travis, she is dating against her type. I am so excited about this, and a lot of people are because I also recommend our clients to date against your type. On one of our most recent Dating in the City podcast episodes, my sister actually asked me who I would match with Taylor Swift. And I said that since she's such an emotional and creative person who shines, she would do much better with a setting to her diamond, someone who's traditionally more more traditionally masculine and not emotional to balance her out, where she's usually dated the kind of man who's just like her in the sense that very emotional, also loves the spotlight, does well in the spotlight, but she's actually, her last relationship, she had to keep very private, that was what he wanted, and she's finally dating a man who doesn't shy away from the limelight And you just can't, when you're dating Taylor Swift, you cannot expect to live a hidden life at that level of fame. It's it's not going to happen. And I love how Travis embraces that, seems to embrace that, and how forward he is, how he pursued her, how he went to one of her concerts, how he made a Taylor Swift friendship bracelet with his number on it. And Which was a flop. (laughs) Yes, it was. It was, but that didn't... (laughs)
0: Yeah, give some context for those who don't know. So a big thing is taking a friendship bracelet to the Taylor Swift concert to meet someone new. And he took a bracelet with his number on it because apparently he's been interested in her for quite a long time. And so he showed up trying to meet her, but he mocked that she spends 40 minutes before and after her show not talking to anyone to preserve her voice for her set. So he didn't get to meet her or give her Mm -hmm. the friendship bracelet.
1: Exactly. But that didn't deter him. He kept pursuing her, and it's really interesting because Taylor is known for pursuing men, and she's never actually had someone make these bold moves towards her. And even in her last album, Midnights, she has a song called Mastermind, which basically details her manipulation of her past relationship. And as a woman with such power and money and fame, Basically, you could she could do anything she wants, but it's interesting that she, with this manipulation and with that relationship, it didn't make her happy. Often, a lot of women fall into the trap of that they need to pursue men, that they need to manipulate things to move things forward. But the reality and the truth is that when a man wants to pursue, he will. And when a woman accepts that, She'll find herself being so much, she'll enjoy the process so much more and be so much less stressed when the man is taking the lead. Women do not need to chase men. Women do not need to mastermind relationships. I think men that's chase, really important. I think that's choose. so
0: important, what you just said. Oh, sorry. Okay. What you just said was so keen. I have to stop you there because you said yes. women don't need to chase men. Please and men chase women choose. I think this is so key to the conversation. It's interesting because with kind of some of Taylor Swift's past, she's commented that no man has really, really pursued her like you're talking about. And so to see the choices you have when someone pursues you and shows interest in you rather than chasing someone the way she has historically, it really does show an example, I think for everyone to be open to meeting other people and not to always chase after that person you find interesting.
1: Right. And it's also letting a certain part of it, putting it in God's hands of, okay, I don't always know what's the best and what's right and what's who's the perfect person for me. That You can just let go a little bit of the control that a lot of, especially type A powerful people might have, powerful women might have a hard time doing. But there's this biological and scientific backing to why it's important for women for men to chase and it is basically tragic for a really any relationship when a woman pursues a man because evolutionarily the male brain doesn't trust when a woman makes a big first move then you might ask well what can women do women can make little first moves like smiling making eye contact asking a man to take a photo being open and receptive to the conversation after the photo is taken and asking that asking the man a quick question not just running away after he takes your photo but you can ask something like are you from around here or are you a professional photographer <laughs> which is a funny one but also a really good one because then you'll find out what his job is too so <laughs> <laughs> you could use those lines. But it's Ladies, not. Ladies, are you taking forward.
0: notes? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I did want to provide a Timeri. I don't know if you wanted to stop me there, but I do want to provide a real life example after when after you stopped me, if you needed to stop me here.
0: No, I think that these are great examples. I love what you said again. Women don't need to chase men, men choose women men chase and women choose. I think that's key. And then getting into some of those tips of finding a way to break into conversation with someone you're interested in talking to, but not being so forward that you're making things happen. And so I like the subtlety. Uh, Now, I think that I do have a question though, because I hear some men say like, why do women Mm -hmm. have to make it so hard sometimes? Why is it always a man that has to be the pursuer? Can you address that question?
1: Mm, Yes. This also, for women, you can put your pers- your energy, that energy that you have, into smiling, into making conversations with people, into being friendly, not into going in the corner, talking to your friend the whole time, looking down at your phone, being on your phone, making it di- very difficult, being in a group of women. Put yourself outside of groups of women, walk around by yourself, just be available and go to the bar by yourself. Do things, walk around the room by yourself. Do things that it would make it easy for a man to pursue you. And if you are in a big group, make your body language very open so that you're not just closed off talking to this one group and look in like you're in intense conversation because no man, that's like going in a bear cave. No, one, no man wants to do that.
0: <laughs> I think these are great examples, especially just making yourself look available. And what are your thoughts? If you're at an event, you want to get to know someone and meet them. And this could apply to dating or networking. Don't leave yourself I don't want to say stuck, but just continuously talking to the person who's not going to leave you with the opportunity to meet and talk to other people. Sometimes the way we engage in our conversations, body language, uh, who we're talking to can sometimes make it hard if we need to talk to other people and be open to other types of conversations and new people, maybe who we wouldn't normally be as the case example is with Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey, not necessarily your type.
1: Right. I always recommend our clients to tell their friends beforehand, if they're going with a friend, tell the friend, I want to meet new people. So this, the purpose of this is for me to meet new people. I want to have dinner with you where we can really go detailed into your life. And I can ask all the questions I want to about you. But tonight I just want to be about us meeting new people or go by yourself that's a great way that you'll have no one there to fall back on and to, especially if you're the type of person who does tend to stay with only the person, the people who you know, you will be forced to meet new people. And then when you actually get to the event, if you find yourself stuck in a conversation that you don't really want to be in, I would say cap it at five minutes and say, so nice meeting you, here's my card, I'd love to continue the conversation, I'm going to run and get a drink, or I'm going to run to the bathroom, just move on. People are there for networking, people are there to mingle, these are not, people aren't expecting you to be talking to that person the whole night. And even if you have a really good connection with someone, it's better to leave it at maybe 20 minutes max because it's too much too soon if you spend more, spend so much time with someone who you just Mm -hmm. met.
0: If you're just joining me now, you're listening to Trending with Timory here with professional matchmaker Christina Pineda. You can find her at matchmakerchristinaconti.com. That's a matchmaker Christina with a C R I S T I N A Conti, C O N T I. We post a link on social media as well as in the episode notes. Christina, I want to talk about examples of this because I know you're a matchmaker. You see how things play out when people are open to other types. Share with me an example where you've seen this work really well for someone.
1: Hmm. Well, I think, I think probably my, my best example is One of our clients, and I think I may have told you this before, but he only wanted to date short brunettes. And so he went, he did actually two memberships with us because he just was loving his experience, but he just hadn't met the right woman yet. And then the last woman who we introduced him to, I think it was number 19 or something like that. Wow. Or 20. Yeah. She was a tall blonde and I think she was almost his height. And they hit it off and they are now married. So it is, that is the prime example of when you switch up your type a little bit, you never, even for a man, because I was talking mostly to women in this when, as we were speaking Timory, but even a man, if he shifts up his type a little bit, that's a good idea.
0: Mm -hmm. And I always say from a Catholic perspective, God knows what you need, right? And we have this type, you have all these things perhaps you have on your list and maybe it's time to reevaluate that list to work through the superficial side to be open to meeting someone before we force that type on them for me things that were important was that it was someone who uh, pursued truth right saw things as black and white because that's how things are. Too many people think about things as gray. Um, they have maybe a growth mindset. They're respectful. Things that show potential and that you're not looking perfect for perfectionism, but for goodness and growth that I think is so key and fundamental when we're dating with a Catholic mindset because it's also discerning, not right away, but with time, whether or not this is someone who you could be a parent with as well, which I think is even more important of a question And something to ponder, Christina, than ever before. Living here in the state of California, Mm. we have our government vetting parents in custody battles against each other, even more so against their children, claiming that a parent is unfit if they don't follow with a child's identity struggle, transgender identity struggle. And I bring that up in the context of dating because you want to make sure you're on the same page so that you don't find yourself in that place where you're falling into a divorce, you're falling into a custody battle, your kid's struggling with identity, and you aren't on the same page to help guide and protect and love your child with sound Catholic principles.
1: That's absolutely true to Marie. And I love the beautiful interior qualities, internal qualities that you were mentioning to have on your list as you are meeting people and, and seeing with the eyes of the heart rather than oh, he has to look like this, or she has to to look like this. And I did want to provide another real life example, but this was of a woman who approached a man that we saw in live action last week. Can I do that, Timory?
0: Yes, please do.
1: <laughs> okay. So my sister was visiting me in Nashville last week, and we went to the YCP, the Young Catholic Professionals Gala. It was so much fun. And we were standing by the dance floor. A young man approached my sister. And as we were speaking to him, a young woman came up to us. And we thought we were, she was ta- wanting to talk to the matchmakers. But we were wrong. <laughs> she asked the man to dance. <laughs> we were a little bit taken aback because it was just a lot. It just happened very quickly. But we watched the whole process and that was actually the first and the last dance that they had. He was clearly turned off by it, but he was very respectful and very kind. So he was, he didn't show any resentment towards her, mm. but he didn't ask her to dance again. And that's just to underline the bold moves from women turn off men's testosterone men are wired to pursue and to chase but if a woman is that forward and asks a man to dance it can actually make them more passive that's something to know and that probably is what happened with taylor swift when with all the men who she pursued too
0: Mm -hmm. And I think that's the key takeaway. Again, be open to a different type. Don't be the one that's always pursuing. That is, ladies, don't always pursue it. And my takeaway, the line from what you said earlier, women don't need to chase men. Men are the ones who chase And women then get to choose. I think that's great. We're all about being pro-choice, right? The culture is. Uh, You'd think that women would learn this better yet again. But I think that maybe if you could touch, because I think we pulled up some heartstrings, Christina. Before we wrap up, Mm. I do want to touch on this. A lot of women and men in our Catholic community are very single. They want to date someone. They want to get married. And sometimes there's that push of, well, maybe I just need the one, one need to be the one as a woman to pursue the relationship. And so some of what you're sharing might be mm. a little hard to hear, especially perhaps if that's partially a woman's personality as well. Can you share your thoughts on that?
1: Oh, yeah. And I hope that I'm not being insensitive. I'm so sorry if anyone's offended by what I said. I just want to just show the reality of what happens. And just because that may have happened to you in the past doesn't mean that you're a bad person or that you were wrong. You didn't know what we've talked about before this. I'm a professional matchmaker. I see men and women interacting and work with them and get paid to do this every single day. And we've had our company for 11 years. I've learned a lot. I'm, I'm definitely was, did not date perfectly in my life. So I don't want anyone thinking that. I'm casting judgment on women who have done that in the past. But moving forward, now you know the truth of the hormones that are going on and what men, how men are wired and how women are wired differently. Now we can take that knowledge and put it into action. And if you are single and you feel like I just, I really want to meet that person, put that action more into getting your plan of meeting people, going to events, getting dressed up for the event, smiling, meeting new people, saying hello. There would be nothing wrong to say hello to to a man or a group of men and use those lines that we talked about before. There's nothing wrong with that. But I think the really forward things of asking the man to dance or asking the man for his number or you directly giving the man the number without him asking, those are things that cross a certain line or asking him out. Those cross a line that the man feels that he needs to do. Otherwise he's not in pursuit anymore. Mm -hmm. So just, I really want to be sensitive for those lovely hearts. I, that they just know that you are beautiful and you don't need to do those things. You don't need to feel that you've missed out in the past because you haven't been as forward. You don't need to do it. The man who is right. And men who will be called to pursue you
0: And another comment that someone made, well, what about the men who are timid and shy? My thoughts, Christina, and I'd love to hear yours if someone's timid and shy, that means they're not willing to ask someone out. And if they're really interested in someone, that should break through that timidity and that shyness. And if it won't break through that timidity and shyness, in my opinion, that says a lot about the man. If he is not able to push himself through pursuit, what will he be like in a marriage, as a parent, as a provider? That would be concerning to me if he cannot pursue someone he's interested in.
1: That's true. And I saw, unfortunately, One of our past clients was a woman who had pursued a man the whole time, even up to getting married and having children, and it never stopped. She always had to do everything. And she talked to me and she said, now we're divorced and I am tired. I am Mm -hmm. so done with what I did. And I saw that it didn't work. He never took the reins ever from day one. So it's something to know that once that balls in motion of the woman of the woman pursuing and she keeps doing it, it's not going to change even if you if the woman gets what she wants and the commitment that she wants and the children that she wants. It's not going to change.
0: The ladies are speaking up and said that they would not have they've talked to men who said they would not have dated the woman if she had been the one to ask the guy out. So it's mm. a lesson, sometimes hard to swallow, but we're talking about upping our dating game and if you're interested in upping your dating game we'll post the link in the episode notes as well as on social media to christina pinedo who's a professional matchmaker here on trending and to her website if you're interested in learning more about professional matchmaking she's catholic she gives a catholic take on it which is great even though she matchmakes people who aren't catholic as well but you can find her at matchmaker Conti.com. that's matchmaker christina with a c c-r-i-s-t-i-n-a Conti, C-O-N-T-I. dot com. I'll post that on my social media. Just follow me at Timmery, T-I-M-M-E-R-I-E, or find it even better in the episode notes. And if you missed our speed dating segment, be sure to catch the podcast and send this to a single friend, please. Whether they have been single, short time, long time, struggling with it, just say, "Hey, I just heard this. Want to hear your thoughts?" pass it along you can send it in a text message the episode will be available later this evening and if you're not already subscribed be sure to do so relevantradio.com the, the app is free and we're everywhere where you listen to podcasts and by the way by the way have you heard about our new video series Eucharistic Encounters i just watched the latest episode from Father Rocky. It's beautiful, powerful short stories of lives that have been changed by Christ as Father Rocky shares in these beautiful, timeless locations that help to draw our attention to the Eucharist. You receive a new video every week for the next 33 weeks. This week's story has to do with Pope St. John Paul II, how he brought Eucharistic processions back to the streets of Rome during his papacy. People told him, no one would show up. That is not true. And that's what I love about Pope St. John Paul II. One of the many things, his devotion and adoration of Jesus Christ in the Eucharist, truly present body, blood, soul, and divinity. So deepen your love for Christ in the Eucharist, Sign up for these free videos at relevantradio.com encounter. That's relevantradio.com slash encounter. I'll be right back to talk about, I think a key thing, that if you're in the dating season of life, you need to make sure you've had these conversations with the person you are dating, and if you're married or maybe have kids, it's something to start talking about, and that is how important having a mom and a dad are in the home permanently raising kids. We'll be right back. We're talking about what you're thinking about. You're listening to Trending with Timory on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Food for thought. I recently read an article from City Journal titled The Two-Parent Advantage, which by the way, there's a book specifically talking about this. How important, with back with all the social science information, how important having a mom and a dad are. For kids children fare far better they are healthier it's one of the greatest protectors against poverty it helps them to be more effective in career later on have healthier relationships and i will be frank i think this is key for me it was really important that i dated someone who came from an intact family and i know automatically i'm gonna get a little bit of flack but i think anyone who's come from a broke broken home experience knows There are a lot of wounds and a lot of misunderstanding with regard to how to interact in a relationship moving forward. And I believe that God, the grace of Jesus Christ can heal everything. However, I think that a lot of work has to be done when you come from a broken home and I always kind of look when my siblings are dating, when I'm talking to friends who are dating, I think it says a lot when you know about the origin of that other person's family. And so why am I bringing this up? I think this is important from the perspective of dating. When you are dating, having that expectation that they come from an intact family is great. Now, does that mean that you can only date people who come from intact families. No, I have seen wonderful marriages that have flourished and I do believe by the grace of God and because of a lot of work and effort on the person's part who's come from that broken family. But I think that these are things to ponder, especially because we live right now where divorce is a norm in societies. Getting married is an anomaly it's an adverse lifestyle today. Not only that, but staying married is. And this article from City Journal is fantastic because it documents tons of social research as to why being an intact family is the best for kids in particular. Because as Catholics, that's the perspective we have, that marriage is oriented toward the procreation education of children. Even the idea of adoption, adoption should never be about p- parents who want to adopt kids. It should be about kids who need parents. I know that's hard to hear sometimes, but it should be. It should be about parents who need, pa- about kids who need parents. Marriage is about raising children in the faith. And I think that our American 21st century mindset has really damaged our perspective of what education for children is, what responsibilities as parents are. And one of those big things is, are we on the same page with this idea of being intact for life for kids? That way kids have intact married parents, both during their adolescent years, while they're going to college, as they struggle through the dating scene, getting married, having kids. I've seen my peers, when their parents start to divorce, parents think, oh, well, we stayed together while the kids were around. We'll, we'll stick through it. And then, hey, the kids are out of the house. Well, you know, it doesn't matter so much anymore. We stayed through it. No, that impact it has on that now adult child who's working through his or her own marriage, working through being a new parent. It disrupts everything. This is why the vows of marriage in the Catholic church truly uphold that marriage is between one man and one woman, in case you forgot, that it's permanent till death do us part, that you're faithful, that you enter into marriage fruitfully, open to life. I think these are such key elements of the marital vow and that need to be kept in consideration, both before and during. So if you're in the dating scene, make sure you're on the same page with the person you're dating. Even in the midst of, the greatest crises that can occur in marriage. Don't let that crisis be the thing that you would allow to have a marriage fall apart and impact children. And this is why I remember even when I was dating, it was a shocking statement I made to my husband. Uh, but we had been talking about this whole idea of cheating and different relationships. And I said, You know, our Catholic faith calls us to forgiveness. And I'm not saying this is a license to cheat, but as a Catholic, we have to have this this perspective. And I would, if you cheated, I would be called to forgive and to not tolerate bad and unhealthy behavior within the home, but to stay faithful to my marital vow to you, uh, to be faithful toward trying to repair the damage done. And it was shocking to him at first because we live in a culture where cheating is one of the worst things that can happen. And it is one of the leading factors in divorce today. But is that the Catholic perspective? And I think that that's what's so challenging sometimes. Interestingly, some of this research, I was looking at study from the demographic research, and it shows that couples are initiating divorce and the breakup of family for less serious reasons than before. It used to be domestic abuse or cheating. It's actually becoming more common for couples to break up families and divorce because of smaller conflicts. And so it's leading to kids who are having a immense, inability to resolve conflict because they did not see conflict resolved in their home. Something went wrong and it was a quick divorce. It was a quick breakup of the family. And so these are key ideas. Do you know how to argue? Do you know how to face a conflict? Joe Secor was here last week or maybe two weeks ago during our marriage hour. And we were talking about how, I think the statistic is something around 70% of all conflict in marriage is never resolved. And so the key, one of the keys in marriage is learning how to work through conflict with love and joy and peace and fidelity. Conflict isn't easy. Communication isn't easy. These are all skills that can be brushed up on. But part of the glue that holds marriage together is having that faith-filled mindset that we are faithful to one another, but also kind and loving and generous and forgiving. That we're embodying the virtues in the midst of the most challenging experiences within the context of marriage because it was it is the grace of Christ that keeps marriages together. And that glue is also the children. I think that's fundamental. And so all this research, I'm going to post a link to the City Journal article about the two-parent advantage because I think it's great. If you need a little bit of research up your sleeve, check it out. And that's one of the things that I really try to do here on Trending, and I hope you know this, is to provide sound social science data to back up what the Catholic Church teaches. I was actually speaking at an event last week in Redlands, California. Shout out to those who are listening in San Bernardino, Redlands, Highland, all of the Inland Empire. Those are my old stomping grounds. I grew up in the Inland Empire in Southern California. And when I was there, one of the questions that I received had to do with specifically this. And so I think that when we're thinking about this whole issue of two-parent marriage and having that perspective that we do subscribe to what the Catholic Church teaches that we see the social sciences and the question that came up was hey i have a lot of people who especially family who challenge me with data with social sciences and i just don't know how to respond i know my faith i know how to respond i know what's right and wrong and i said the data is out there our faith is constantly confirmed and affirmed by the social sciences. The problem is, is that there's an agenda out there silencing that data. And so you have to dig. You have to dig. I was laughing. I said, you can't just use Google for all your research. And you also need to vet research that comes out because often the very research that's trying to claim one thing, if you actually read the data yourself, it says something very different than how the researchers are presenting it after the fact. And that data often supports a pro-life pro-family mindset. I see it time and time again when actually reading the data set in these different studies. So to Parent Advantage, we're posting a link on social media to the City Journal with tons of research on this specific topic. And I think it's so important, I can't help but say this. If you are living, not just in California, but in other states as well, because it's coming to your state. And I know this will go to the Supreme Court, I believe eventually. It won't hold up. If you are living today as a parent, we have in the state of California, our government is going against parents and saying that if your child is identifying as transgender, there are laws being implemented in the state of California and being pushed in other states. In fact, a father was jailed in Canada over this. That if you do not affirm your child in their chosen gender identity, if you find yourself in a custody battle, you could be considered unfit as a parent, that you could be considered someone who's engaging in abusive behavior. That's frightening. Why do I bring this up? Because that's not true. The data doesn't support this. And even other countries are not supporting transitions for children. So the United States is behind on this front. Don't be afraid if you're a parent, but be careful who you spend time with. Be careful who you date, be careful who you marry, because that will be the person who you will be parenting your child with. That will be the person you are called to be faithful with in the midst of all the challenges that can arise. Children struggle with identity. It's normal, but today it's a trend to not just struggle with your identity, but for the medical and the psychological community and even our own government to say, transition your child, go through with puberty blockers, do all of these things, and by the way, The good news is, is that these kids who are being pushed through the community to transition, they're detransitioning. And in fact, Ollie London will join me here tomorrow. He once identified as a Korean woman. He's a British boy, but he's going to share his story here on Trending, and he's going to share the good news for what parents can do to help their kids. We'll be back tomorrow here on Trending. This is Timree from Trending with Timree. Friday, Ollie London will join me. He has detransitioned from identifying as a woman. He's British, and he identified not just as a woman, but a Korean woman. He's going to share with us what he would say to kids who want to transition, and what to do if you're a parent and your kid is saying they're trans. Also, how do you come back into your biological identity after everything from cross-sex surgeries to you name it with this experimentation? Join me 6 p.m. central on Relevant Radio.